everybody, welcome to the 16th episode of the BAM Creative Show. Oh, I was in the song. Huh? The, the, the Stone Cold, no, not Stone Cold. You were Cold. doing, oh, The, the, the rock? rock was, yeah. It, it was getting rocky. Is it Stone Cold? Out. What does Stone Cold do? Stone Cold He just like crashed thing. a beer. That, no? no, that was DDP. Oh my gosh. Dude, what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> I remember, uh, didn't he drive like a beer truck? He did. He backed it in and then it hosed down. He went the over, was it Man's? Yeah. Did he bite it? And then the can. Oh no, there was. Oh, I don't no, think no, no, no. So. I think we're getting into like it's a little. Wolf. This is like dark. After the dark stuff, game. yeah. And he bites it. <laughs> oh my god! Is that what it's called? Shop shop Um. So guys, I don't know if you if you know what happened, but um, Twitter increased the character count to two eighty today for all of us people who can't express ourselves in one hundred forty characters or less so I know that. did you know that <laughs> yep. it's pretty interesting I know because you told yeah. me before I know but have you used it yet the 280 characters yeah no hmm. I haven't Twitter today well Chrissy Teigen I don't know if you guys know Chrissy Teigen do you guys follow Chrissy Teigen no. follow Chrissy Teigen on Twitter because she's hilarious mm -hmm. but she tweeted that she was going to not use her 280 that she was going to stick strictly to 140 characters mm. and yeah it was her fight song i can quote <laughs> that but <laughs> and then and then that was it there was just people oh, I, no... I tweeted her and i was like join us like creepy like come over to the dark side of 280 characters i think 280 characters is a bit wasted on me Mm. I talk too much anyway. Maybe I should go back to 140. Maybe they should have an option. But Maybe. the reason why they've done this is because, and it's really interesting to note that they released data saying that in the month trial or whatever it was where they actually did increase the character limit to 280 for select users, I think it was more influencers and whatever it was, but those people tended to use Twitter more and people interacted with their tweets even more than with the 140 characters. So it's quite interesting to note, and that's why they've rolled it out, but also probably to direct, um, deflect from the fact that, um, you know, Twitter's dying, and also there was the whole uproar and the controversy surrounding um, Twitter removing the actress Rose McGowan off Twitter for, like, a few hours or something. Mm. Why did they do that? Oh. Do you know news? I know Do you know news. Rose McGowan? She was on Charmed. Did you watch Charmed? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole Harvey Weinstein thing that's going on. So we won't that. get into too many details because this is a fun, lighthearted podcast. But mm. she, Rose McGowan has been in, you know, the centre of this Harvey Weinstein thing. And she's been using Twitter as like her platform to call out Harvey Weinstein, who's really? a studio producer. Yep. You may know a lot of his work. You may have seen a lot of teen movies that he produced in the 90s and like all the Quentin Tarantino films, all those kinds of things. A lot of Kevin Smith's films. He yes. Was yeah, that's true. Yeah. Miramax. He mentioned that on his yeah. So Rose McGowan, I believe, tweeted something about Ben Affleck in oh, a derogatory Affleck. way that violated Twitter's um, use, terms of use. Yeah. And she was removed off Twitter for, I think it was a few hours, and it kicked up a huge, it was a yeah, pretty massive uproar because, you know, she was actually speaking mm. about something that was really important, yeah, and Twitter was basically, like, so black and white, saying, mm -hmm. no, you violated the rules, but yet they continue to allow a certain mm -hmm. president to use Twitter. And so one of Twitter's employees, on his last day of work, brought it down for about three minutes? The hero that guy was. Yeah. 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 And then it was oh, back up again. I know. <laughs> That guy should have an amazing party gift. Maybe some credits mm. to use on Twitter advertising. I can't give those away. Yeah. 
The shade. The shade. The other news. The other news. Snapchat had a rough experience on the stock market yesterday. It was down to about 14.2 US dollars. It has jumped up to, I think, 15.3 now, currently, but that was off the back of less than stellar performance in, I think it was Q3? Yeah, it was. Um, and so, yeah, there was some information that I think you sent to us mm-hmm. about how there were going to be major changes, mm-hmm. or was it some kind of the algorithm, customized timeline or feed yeah. Yes. as well? Yeah. So I'm very hopeful. So I'm not hopeful, I'm optimistic, and I'm buying stock. So you should do. <laughs> I'll watch you buy that stock. Yeah, I don't want to get involved in this. I think Snapchat's going to die slowly. I, I, I want it. Like, I'm very much about, like, the underdog. Like, I want the underdog to win so bad. But, like, I just feel like but. it can't. It should have just accepted Facebook's offer. I'm kidding. I don't know. <laughs> nah. Controversial there. Well, I think, but. yeah. Them, them passing on that is kind of, oh, well. But, yeah, but it just may you turn out to get better for them. Yeah, well, your article was really interesting, yeah. the one that you shared. Um, do you want to read oh. out, I think it was this part. How do I... Well, you can use my... This, ha- this is like a touch screen. It's very amazing. It, it's no longer broken. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, I, it was broken for about a few hours, and I was really upset about it. Yeah, go on. So that's what, this is what the, the editor of that piece wrote. Uh, oh, okay. So this is specifically a TechCrunch article, and... Um, in April, I implored Snapchat to move to an algorithm, algorithmically, That's check that out, way. sorted stories feed to make it easier for people to find their best friends and things they care about instead of using the reverse chronological feed that shows what happens to have been posted most recently. And um, okay, so this is a TechCrunch article that was actually posted today. Um, and so it's interesting to see now that they are starting to make changes to the platform and trying to make it a little bit more user-friendly as well because all of the feedback they've received is that Snapchat's too hard to use. And I must say that initially when I first started using it, I, I the initial setup was quite difficult, but generally it was it was easy to use once I, I set myself up and understood how to use it. Yeah. But I don't know how the, um, the algorithmically... I'm just going to... I'm going to use that word. The rest of today, I'm going to try my best to master this word, but it will be interesting to see how it will improve the platform by introducing this. I if it will at all. Yeah, yeah. Although I, I guess you're right. Like you have to do it, and you have to see how the the users respond. But if if one of the big focuses for them in terms of testing is it Adam Spiegel, Adam, the, the founder, Evan. Evan. Yeah. yeah. Um. So he was saying like He's one like of the points that he was talking about. Gone was how they'll be improving the usability for the older demographic. So and I think are that's we older? so important. No, I'm thinking he's, he's looking at like 40 50? plus. Oh, yeah. right, yeah, yeah. Because a lot of them, like anything else, right? You have your early adopters, your teens, they come through. With Facebook, the teens ended up being um, like in their 20s, started having children, and then that's how they True. ended up bringing a lot of the parents on board because they were missing out on these moments to see their kids. So mm-hmm. the same thing applies here, only it's at an instant messaging level. It's almost like trying to trying to achieve that same experience within Facebook Messenger, um, but with a really great video platform. Or, like we could also look at it like this, right? Bob Dylan, amazing artist back in the day. Now, not so good. So it's kind of harder for the older generation to carry forward with his music. Tom Petty, R.I.P. Good, got better as his career went on, 
those people have grown up with him and yeah, just follow me here. I'm trying to like speak um, in like the, <laughs> the older no. demographic. I know the first one. I know oh, you don't know Tom Petty? No, no. Okay. I have an pleasure. Listen to his latest album. It's really good. Alright. Anyway, I'm just saying. Bob Dylan's okay. Have you guys seen Bob Dylan live? Yes. Oh, well, I think yeah, we saw Bob Dylan at the same gig. I don't think it was. Before we knew each other? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. If you, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I feel like. I'm going with it. Yeah. yeah. He's... Fantastic, amazing songwriter, amazing author, maybe too many cigarettes, not sure. Right. Maybe. Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> so back to Snapchat from Bob Dylan. I think improving usability for that demographic is going to be really good because it will help yeah. to build up that level of audience. Mm -hmm. um, and then yeah, I, I too have been a little bit perplexed at times. Like when I first found the Discover Channel or section of the, the app, oh, as well as yeah. Snap Map, mm -hmm. I was like, cool, these are really good ideas. Mm -hmm. um, and I can see that there are a lot of businesses that have already jumped on, um, I guess, claiming their spot on the map. Mm -hmm. um, and so from that perspective, there's so much opportunity to be able to advertise and promote and drive people there based on engagement on Snapchat. Yeah. Um, I mean, Culture Kings right now in the city is, is running a Snapchat ad. There are any number of ones. Australia Banana? There's one as well okay. that's active, but there's just so many ad advertisers starting to go on the platform now that I can see that there's still a lot of opportunity. Oh, I mean, I guess I agree with you, especially now with the whole Facebook reducing the you know viewing of organic posts. I think now's a really good time to kind of explore other platforms and mm. get your message out there. But I think I was reading some sort of survey that it was a like HubSpot or something did, mm. and they were saying that people um, don't consume a lot of content now, and that may very well be because of the quality of content's not very good. But specifically, HubSpot, they did like some survey. Yeah. Um, but they did mention that video does very well. So a lot of people do actually consume video content and they do consume um, uh, photos, but written and even audio and long form videos, for example, people just kind of skim through it or they lose interest pretty quickly. And I think Snapchat's a really good platform to, you know, deliver that value and content really quickly and continue on that message each day or each post or whatever it is so yeah yeah i think it, it's a good way to capture attention I'll, I'll put it above twitter in that regard definitely and the ai features are going to smash it as long as they keep yeah. on doing that and if at some point they stop just doing constant animal ears <laughs> with no, love no. hearts if they could just you know find it in their hearts to try <laughs> try other animals you know just or, any, or anything else that's not one <laughs> Like 80%, like if you look at all the filters, mm -hmm. every one of the filters, probably about 80% of them are catered to the female demographic, and I get it, mm -hmm. but I mean, you know, if you want to grow out the other ones, so it can be a two-way street in terms of consuming content and creating consuming content, yeah. then I think there needs to be a little bit of a, a broadening of the types of filters that are created. You know, it's interesting because it makes me think of how there's this whole thing about pointing out celebrities who alter their photos on Instagram, because you can mm -hmm. see there's like a... The, there's something warped around like maybe their, their shoulders or their butt or something mm -hmm. so in that regard of course Snapchat their filters are really they make your face look amazing the one that bothers me a lot is the um, flower crown with the weird corpsey eyes it's just like this glazed over look that looks really weird mm -hmm. it's like takes the life out of eyes it's it's the same contact like I would say that they use in like the walking dead but like flower crowns. I've not seen that one, so I'll have to. I'll show you that one. Yeah. Pretty weird. I don't. I look at it. 
it's I find it odd, but yeah, I can see. But I'm interested to know how the male demographic would use something like that. Yeah, well, like I said, if you if you set up the filters for them as well, mm. I don't know what the filters would be. Then yeah, I mean, how weird like seeing lots of dudes using like the cute little like ears and the flower crown and yeah, some, I mean, some of them are relegated to just using the one where. Removes the nose and you've just got a very large mouth and it changes your pitch um, in the film. But, but yeah, I think that's a really cool thing that's happening. Snapchat being low, it's probably getting geared up to, to make a comeback. Mm. Remember that's, what is that? Setback is a setup for a comeback. I think that's the same. Say again. Uh, setback is just a setup oh. for a comeback. That's so, so that's what, that's what I'm thinking with Snapchat. I think it's going to be really interesting. Um, Probably the other one was the Facebook stuff. Facey, which is super interesting. Um, so Facebook are starting to roll out Facebook Messenger plugin for your website. And this is like you can go on their website and fill out a form to actually apply to have access to the API to do this. But it's basically a Facebook Messenger bot app on your website. So it'll pop up and people can type um, to you and your little Facebook Messenger bot can respond to them. And yeah, I mean... My internet's dying here. My battery's dying. Sorry, but um, I think it's it's a really interesting. <laughs> sorry, don't don't let it hear you. It's a very sensitive laptop. I had to reformat it to get it working again. <laughs> I love this brand so much. Anyway, um, but <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> oh, they really should. Um, but yeah, I find it really interesting because we were talking about chatbots and on mm. all those kinds of things before and yes. how. Like um, chatbots. Hey, like you chat like bots. them. I think that they're cool. It's kind of um, funny. I, I was just reading an article before about the whole like famed. Apparently, when Facebook were testing this out, there was this article that just ran rampant that these two bots had like developed their own language and were talking to yeah. each other. Do you remember yeah. that? And everyone was like, "Oh my god, it's Skynet!" and started freaking out. But it was actually, <laughs> it was totally not that at all. It was um, that one bot was very, like a bit of a pushover in terms of negotiating and therefore started to not make sense when talking to someone. And one was a little bit too, like, too harsh. And so the, the, the end result was that both of the bots couldn't exactly communicate as a human would expect, you know, as say, we're conversing with each other. Um, but yeah, that was... <laughs> <laughs> interesting that people started freaking out. I was reading the, the study on it. It was really interesting. Um, oh, <laughs> yeah, this one as well, which is really strange. Um, so, yeah, what do you guys For everyone think? that didn't know, she was just playing <laughs> to the headline. Facebook's testing a new method. Oh, it was oh, to avoid revenge porn. Oh. So, to prevent revenge porn that requires uploading your nudes. So, basically, you upload your nudes, and then if someone uploads revenge porn with you in it, they know that that's you and can like take the post down or whatever. <laughs> that's good. Alright. So like, would in you order do for that? that to work, you just have to send Facebook all your nude pics. <laughs> or just go through yeah. like airport Which security. they already have anyway because uh, the phone's probably on all the time. They already know what we're doing right now, it's quite scary. Yeah, like actually on your phone right now, Messenger's probably recording all the audio that's coming through. Mm. Yeah, exactly right. Exciting times. <laughs> um, like one of the really interesting questions that I actually had through my Anchor channel, which is still happening, um, was that Sorry. will... It's happening. Um, it's... <laughs> Will messenger chatbots overtake email? Or email marketing? Mm. I feel like email is such a like old school 
technology. Do people even still read email? I <laughs> yep. or write email. Well, we say that it, it's got extreme value for like a business to reach their customers, but you know there are there are newer players on the field. I guess chatbots are just one of those. Yeah, that's really early days. Yeah, maybe in like 10, 20 years, chatbots might do something. Do you reckon? Yeah, but not anytime soon. Like email is such a fundamental form of communication online. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, what is seventy percent of your time spent in? Before you close your email, <laughs> it was email. It's just like uh, everyone. Like, yeah, yeah, right. Everyone starts and ends a day with an email. Mm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it would be interesting because I guess the whole thing with email is you know that the person responding to you is an actual person. I mean, for the most part, of course, there's going to be autoresponders. I made a claim on that TV. There's a couple of TV casualties at my house. But um, yeah, I made a claim on TV and it's all just been automatic so far. So yeah. I guess until we actually get through to like the claim process, then it will be a bit more, you know, catered to my situation. But yeah, I think the whole chatbot thing is I personally get turned off by chatbots if I know that I'm not actually speaking to someone. If it's just a chatbot, I feel like they're not going to be able to answer mm. me or I'm going to get the result that I intended when I, you know. So... Oh, you know, if you start chatting and it'll say like, you know, thanks so much for contacting us and it, it hasn't been set up so well. So it's just like, thanks so much for contacting mm -hmm. us. Someone will get back to you shortly. And I'm like, oh, I tend not to use it then. Mm -hmm. But if it's like, we're online then I'm like, cool, I'll yeah. actually engage with you. And I think that's actually one of the biggest frustrations for a lot of people. Um, and it may also be why and, and how there's still an opportunity for email as well. That's just my... Like two cents, maybe five, because we don't do two anymore. Yeah, I think the um, the utopian situation is that you've got a uh, a robot that knows everything about your business and mm. can answer like it can field customer inquiries on weekends and whatever and, and get them what they need. Yeah. Um, but and you know the rate of change at the moment is um, things like this are just taking off. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was you know only a matter of five ten years before that that's mm. a reality. Um, in the meantime, yeah, um, it's just, it's too early, like you said, it's yeah. just early days. Yeah. I mean, Facebook's created, I mean, I only use Facebook now for Messenger. I don't really use it to post anything or engage with anyone. Um, and so I think I've read something like, there's like 2 million messages a day or a minute, I'm going to say a minute, it's probably wrong, that gets sent on Facebook Messenger. And it's because you do have that direct connection to a family member or a partner or a friend. Um, and it's now they're just integrating that um, like B2C really well with you know, Facebook Messenger. So it's really good. Yes, yeah, so businesses businesses can already take um, leverage that with their ads. They can they can result in a um, Facebook Messenger chat being initiated mm. when someone engages with an ad, and that's great. Mm. Um, I heard a rumor that um, actually iMessage for business was going to become a thing as well, so, uh. um, which is quite interesting. So Apple's getting on the game. Um, you know, there'd be businesses who would who would who would like that. Yeah. And I guess if there's a fallback, um, saying, All right, well we're not I don't actually want to be disturbed on the weekend, I was just I was just fooling. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll get back to you on Monday. Mm -hmm. Then, you know, that works in the business's interest. Mm. We can't forget as well the the ad platform that's oh the the ad opportunity there as well. So now that they're running below what is it, two or three of your conversations and then you've got the big the ad just there before the rest of your conversations, I think that's a really Good opportunity for people to be testing, um, yeah. especially if they're having a lot of success 
with engaging people, but they haven't been able to convert them through, say, a lead ad or, or some of the other ads that drive them off Facebook, this could be a nice interim for them, depending on whether that ad is again going to, whether it's going to another messenger window, whether mm. they can have a direct dialogue with someone or, you know, maybe to the Facebook page. But, yeah, I think it's worth testing out. Yeah. The other one as well for Facebook was... <laughs> not the, this one. <laughs> not that. Not that. Not the not, revenge not one. Not the revenge no. Yeah. Um, was Facebook moving non-promoted posts um, from businesses yes. mm. out of the main newsfeed for users? And so that was that was conducted mm -hmm. in a small test. And so Facebook came out and said, "Hey, this is definitely not something we plan to roll out across, you know, the rest of our global network. Nice. It's um, it's just something that we're trying out, and they wanted to see whether they could whether it would be more um, beneficial if they set up the primary newsfeed for." promoted posts as well as friend content and then they have a secondary uh, feed for any business pages etc so mm. as a result of that test I think they dropped down like there were some pretty strong stats there um, where a lot a lot of businesses just lost all of their traffic yeah. to their, their pages as a result because the majority of them are creating organic content and so when you think of big brands that aren't in Sri Lanka or Slovakia or, or wherever it was that they yeah. did these small tests those brands should be concerned when it comes to content marketing mm -hmm. if they're wholly relying on producing you know, six or seven articles per day yeah. that they're then posting updates to or links to from their Facebook business page. I can think of, you know, MovieWeb, TVWeb, a bunch mm -hmm. of other ones as well that um, with a, they have a lot of their activity and it's purely based on just grinding out this information, latest update on movies or other yeah. content. Oh, and it's, so, it's a real shame, I think. Um, and I, I think, did I share an article with you guys? And I thought it was something like, I think it was over the past week that a lot of people have seen a drop in just their Facebook posts being seen mm. um, pretty significantly. And I think ours has as well. Uh, mm. I can't, like, it's not even loading. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's quite scary because, and and it is sad because, I mean, using Facebook 10 years ago, it was that whole community thing yeah. and, you know, sharing with your family and your friends. And then businesses took it, you know, as a B2C or a B2B. And now it's just kind of like you're kind of, put in a corner if you're a business mm. to actually put money on a post or, you know, and that kind of calls into creating a larger strategy for your content. Like you can't just sort yeah. of do organic anymore. Yeah. It's kind of got to be a full on. As a consumer, I'm, uh, I'd be peeved if that happened because that's what I spend most of my time on Facebook doing is reading things, articles written by someone like TechCrunch. Like you just, mm -hmm. you just have that website up there. Um, but I don't generally go to the website. They get aggregated for me based on stuff I've shown I'm interested in and it gets mixed in with friends and family stuff and that's that's fine for me. That's what I like. So, mm -hmm. um, And I'm sure they, they, they used to have like a news tab or something that was you know, more geared towards, um, yeah, okay, you want, I guess, articles. Mm -hmm. um, but it's more convenient having in, in one spot. So we'll see, you know, because it's not just, it's not just about Facebook um, getting money out of businesses. It's also about public reception. And they've, they've been pretty bold um, over the last few years with significant updates that had, you know, big drawbacks and, and, and the public, you know, let them know, like when they went to an HTML5 um, rendering engine um, way before it was ready, um, they rolled it back. It would have been a huge expense, and they just went, oh, "Okay, whoops, sorry," rolled it back. Um, and and definitely when the the algorithmic stuff really started um, coming to the fore, I feel like there have been teething problems that have since been resolved. I'm I'm really happy with where, where Facebook is, so it's and I'm not surprised they're always trying new things. Mm -hmm. um, that's how you get good at what you're doing, but I don't think it always means that they follow through with it. So we'll see. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think as long as everyone's 
mindful that they can't be romantic about anything they use. Mm -hmm. Unless it's you on the phone talking to someone, mm -hmm. or it's you talking face to face to someone, then really anyone, when you're using another device or an application, anyone has the freedom to do whatever they want with it. Totally. And so, yeah, yeah. The, the model's always been used. It would be fascinating to see Google doing the same thing where, hey, just for like a couple of weeks, we're going to oh just kill organic rankings for it's Sri Lanka and yeah. a couple other countries and just test out what happens if we've just got a full first page of adverts, um, which, yep. you know, could could happen in some way or form in the future. You've got plenty of oh, map yeah. listings. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they start doing promoted map listings at some point in time, right? Oh, um, for sure. So, yeah. yeah, just being mindful of that stuff. I think it's really interesting to be aware of it mm. um, and then just to help it guide how we look at producing content like you said before. Yeah. It's going to be more changes too, so we'll be on top of that as part of us bringing the news, just giving our feedback and thoughts on that. I think, and this is something you said um, all the way back in episode one, we talked about, like, do you even need a website because of social media marketing? And it's kind of scary to see how quickly, like that was end of July, mm. and how quickly it is like, you kind of do need one because if you were relying solely on Facebook to get your business out there yeah. um, and now they've changed it in such a way that if you're a business and you possibly don't have enough spend to be you know, creating a, a Facebook post strategy or posting, uh, sorry, boosting every single post or whatever it is that your strategy would be to be seen, ugh, this would hurt a bit. Yeah. Be a bit of a tight bind. But no, it's cool. That's the news. Um... But this also, uh, you sent through a really interesting question and I want to talk about that because it kind of segues really nicely. And the question is, I've got a very limited budget, so I'm going to have to do some of my digital marketing myself, but I need guidance. How do I break down what I can do myself and what I should pay for? Mm. And also, I think I'm going to turn the aircon back on. Yeah. <laughs> it was just getting that's, kind of toasty here. Can you feel the breeze? It's very Christmassy in here, like Christmassy in the Northern Hemisphere, getting toasty. The fireplace is on, but there ain't no fireplace, just warm. Um, so, yeah. the Yeah, and so. <laughs> the, so, the limited budget thing. Okay, so what industry? Because like, it'd be good to talk broadly and then kind of like bring it into a little bit of industry specific. Yeah, um, so this was actually from um, somebody in an incubator, and so they're they're looking at different business ideas that they can start mm -hmm. up, and then how they can support those ideas and help them to grow. Um, so they're really looking to do some um, uh, quite a lot of bootstrapping uh, along the way. So there isn't one single industry for them, but definitely in terms of them going down the bootstrapping route, I think the one one point I would make is based on your strengths in terms of producing information, which we always talk about, like what do you love to do, um, then that can sometimes be a good indicator of where you should focus your time. Um, sometimes balancing that off again, whatever your, your goals are, then they, they will have you either pulling away from your strength to come in the middle, or maybe just go 100% with your strength and then look for an agency or a freelancer to come and jump in and help you to, to lift up the other thing. So if you're also design, then yeah, you may need to get, engage with somebody that's a copywriter or or you know just can't play around with those things but yeah that's what I would recommend mm -hmm. if I was if that person was right across the table from me right now mm -hmm. I'd say hey um, given that you are really comfortable in managing and then um, outsourcing a lot of work I'd say like really get into a position of, of being strong with the project and managing the project itself and then being able to manage the tasks for each individual outsourcer that you engage with um, so whether it's a designer a coder um, you know, uh, 
a copywriter or anything like that. So that that's kind of where my head is sitting. Mm -hmm. uh, I would say as a um, as a way of getting your foot in the door in terms of digital marketing, there are a few uh, low cost options um, that get you most of the way there um, and, and give you an idea of you know whether you can survive doing it on your own or you do eventually need to um, you know when the revenue starts coming in take it to the next level. Uh, one thing I'm thinking about would be AdWords Express which uh, Google basically guides you through the process to create a paid advert. So it's not going to work for every industry um, but it is something to consider but then if you hit that wall then, then yeah you need to consult with you know oh, you can try doing the, the real AdWords experience or you can consult with someone else later. Um, and the only other um, one in my mind is um, MailChimp. Recently, I mean, MailChimp's great for being a free um, platform for building up a database and sending to them. Um, and it's free as long as you have, I think, less than 20,000 subscribers, is that it? I'm not mm -hmm. sure. And um, you include the badge at the bottom. Mm -hmm. So everyone knows it was a MailChimp uh, template. But they've recently started um, creating these uh, Instagram and Facebook advert uh, options within their own service. Now, I've never tried them out, um, but my interpretation is they're creating an easier to understand interface. So if, you're, if you want to get started, do it yourself, that might be a good way to um, see whether Facebook advertising, Instagram advertising actually works for your business as well. So it's just my suggestions. So you're saying figure out what you're good at, figure out what you want, distribute where you see that you might need additional guidance and you're just saying, not that you're, I'm not downplaying, I'm, just mm. like, I'm trying to like summarize because then I'm going to like come on in mm. with like my like yeah. thing, but like now you're saying if you are in a position where you're doing a lot of things yourself, there are a lot of tools out there mm. that can, you can make magic happen, For a low pretty cost. much. Yeah. yeah, I mean like it's, it's funny because I think more specifically within the Perth industry, of just industries. Um, obviously, at the moment, times are tough for a lot of people, and um, we're seeing that in some, you know, prospects, some of our clients, some of our friends um, in the industry. And it's kind of interesting to see how people are kind of like getting by, doing things themselves. Mm. And I find yeah. it, it's becoming increasingly common these days for people to be doing things themselves because they just don't have the money, or they feel as though, you know, it's not as valuable. They could be using their money elsewhere. Um, and so it's really hard to be able to say, you know, you you gotta you gotta spend a little bit of money just to figure out what actually is working for you, um, and to sort of figure out which platforms would be really good, which areas would be really good. As a general thing, I think if you're kind of starting out and you're not too sure, I do think that getting an outsider perspective um, on branding um, and then how to kind of get a handle on how to create content and what platforms to be using is a really good um, investment. There's a lot of um, services in Perth that do this, as well as us. <laughs> but yeah, there are some actually really good places in throughout Perth that actually do this quite for quite a good price if um, you know money is a bit of an issue. Um, but yeah, I, I think if to, on the outset that yeah, starting off getting an outsider perspective is really helpful as well because. You know, if you're kind of personally, say, heavily invested in Facebook, um, your target audience may not be. So, you know, but then I can kind of see how someone would be reluctant to want to even think about using Snapchat if they've never used it and they're not comfortable with it, but yet 
their target audience is or their opportunities yeah. are sitting there waiting for them. So I do think it's really helpful to get that kind of outside perspective and maybe yeah. a bit of a strategy. The other thing too is if you're a beginner and you're not too sure or if you're not really sure what you should be focusing on to kind of evolve your strategy to get a bit of help on reporting because um, I find that a lot of people are not too confident in terms of reading lots of chat, uh, so charts and graphs. I try to like create a word. It was like charge or something, I don't know. But charts and graphs um, and then sort of like figuring out, um, understanding those metrics as well. Like for example, yesterday we had a massive drop in our organic traffic and then I started panicking going, what's going on? And then I forgot it was Melbourne Cup. And so people probably were not even awake, you guys. They were probably on the floor at some fancy establishment, I don't even know. But these kinds of things that, you know, some people might not think of and then they freak out and yeah. <laughs> so um, maybe just to help out with the, the metrics is, yeah, it's pretty helpful. Yeah. One of the interesting things that happened to me yesterday is I met with a prospect. And so he runs um, fishing tours, but he, he recounted his experience with his market, um, just saying how um, one of the biggest competitors for him wasn't his you know, the other fishing tour companies, it was actually booking agencies. And mm -hmm. we've seen this trend for the longest time when it's come to flights, hotels, oh, you know, yeah. transportation, like any anything like that is just being commoditized. And then you've got a middleman in, um, in there trying to clip a ticket at either a 10 or a 20% um, uh, yeah, cut. And so one of the things that he, his position was that he'd learned every activity to a certain level. So he'd gone to, you know, just, just above the, the level of of knowing what of not knowing what he doesn't know he's now at least aware of what he doesn't know and so there's a long Lovely. journey to get to the point where you're even competent or you're, you're even talented in one particular area mm. um, and he, he made just the observation look I'm doing all of the stuff from SEO setting up Google my business putting out videos on Facebook doing this and the other thing and I just don't know what's working mm -hmm. I don't know what where I'm going so to your point about engaging with somebody from a strategy perspective, that could be really beneficial. And mm -hmm. so I ended up, because he came in and he said, look, I need you to tell me whether my SEO strategy is good. And I said, look, um, you actually don't have an SEO strategy. You've got, you've got a market strategy. Oh, you've got a market problem or, or a, um, a messaging problem for that market. And so he's got about three markets that we, we looked at just in the hour. And then I was able to show him, and then this is all the information that you're not providing people before they get to the point of the sale. And so if you can envision, if you're producing content about all these different topics or pains or, or things like everything that we always talk about together, then that will help you to prepare that prospect to think of yourself and your tour at, at a higher level than somebody else. And um, so at the back of it, he said, yeah, look, it makes a lot of sense. And, um, and so he'll be coming through very likely for a strategy, a content marketing strategy session with us. But I think that's the problem with everyone. So you go from not knowing what you don't know to then taking on board stuff, trying to learn it over time, um, and you become like, you know, somewhat competent or at least able to to converse with somebody who's talking about SEO or AdWords. Um, but then it's really when you get into that space of trying to figure out how do I take it to the next level, or even how do I even know whether it's worth me spending the time to take it to the next level? Because in addition to doing this marketing activity, you still got to run your business. Mm. So yeah, I'd support yeah. what you said, hundred percent. Finally, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so in other news, my laptop's died, oh, which no. means that access to our questions Not are now limited, which is fine because I can't even remember the other one. Yeah, I remember the last one. I think Rich kind of touched on that one. Yeah, I let's which was let's, about free tools. Free um, tools. So, yeah. Rich, you're 
that Shari talked about. It's great. So I'm just now I'm literally just looking at my reflection. So if we were yeah, if we were starting out and you had very little funds, what are the free tools that you could use to be able to check competitor activity or do some research on your website as far as some of the digital marketing stuff you, you've been looking so at? So let's say for SEO, right? Because mm. I know a lot of people always ask about SEO and um before I delve into that, do you want to turn the aircon on or off? Because mm -hmm. I'm like frozen, but I know men really? apparently run seven degrees hotter than women. Yeah, we are. Totally. Yeah. What, are you hot? Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm actually good. good. I'm not frozen. Cool. Are you not frozen? No, I'm, I'm, frozen. I'm doing good as well. Yeah, we're, we're good. You're okay. And there's two of us. Yeah. Yes. I'm just concerned about your welfare. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> about the aircon because oh, aircon. This just balances out your coat not being cold. So. <laughs> I should put it right here. Um, yeah, I know. I was just kidding. Just saying that for the comedic effect. But um, the SEO thing. Look, it's it's difficult because if you're doing it and you're doing it on a budget, there are tools that you can use. And obviously, you were just talking about Ahrefs. Um, also, H. That is how you pronounce the letter H. It's not H. It's H. People. Just saying. Just before we like clear that up. But Ahrefs, you were saying. I, is true. I came to Australia. And everyone says H. I was like, what? H. It's not a hate. Anyway, but I'm Australian. It's fine. So you are so Australian. Yeah. Um, you are, yeah. Um, but Ahrefs is a really cool tool that we use for all of our like SEO, specifically backlinking, keyword research. It's a really, really awesome tool. But you were just saying they do have like a free platform where you can yeah. upload, um, add two websites. Um, I to think you have two account. projects. Yeah. yeah, two projects, which is really cool. Um, that's a really cool tool to use um, for competitor research as well. Um, so competitor research is really obviously really important when you're doing any kind of SEO planning and research for your site. Um, but look, listen, it's, it's, listen, <laughs> listen people, um, free tools for SEO competitor research, Google, Google's a really good one, like I yeah. hate saying it, but sometimes like it's whatever's in the SERP, sometimes it is just about Googling keywords, finding out what's actually currently coming up, looking at their content, a lot of SEO research um, free. I mean, I do it as well, even though we have Ahrefs, which is a great tool. I do spend a lot of time going into competitors' pages and reading their content um, and getting a good idea as to what makes it a high-ranking page, even though they're off-site factors. Um, keyword Planner yeah. is another one. Keyword so Planner for Google. Google AdWords Keyword Planner. See, That's I disagree. Because it's not fight, free. Fight, fight, No, I'll tell you what. Wait, you're saying free. Google Keyword Planner? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's okay for free people, but I have it's an issue. It's always about free. I have an issue with Google Keyword yeah. Planner. What's your issue? So the only issue is that the um, the data that it presents is data that's based on just general searches and then people actually clicking through to a paid advert. Yep. Whereas if Ahrefs actually shows you what people search oh, plus the clicks, yeah, organic search volume as, as opposed to paid search. That's mm. the, I mean, it's fine, yeah. it's good, but you won't be able idea. to get that data from no, no. Atrix until you pay for it. So exactly, it's a good idea it's for of, yeah. it's a good idea if you're just, yeah, it's free, but I just have a personal issue, yeah, which is good. We had That's a, bit, a good point to make, but yeah, I mean, look, and but yeah, if, you, if you're looking for free, then you've got to start with something, mm -hmm. and then, um, I think even. There's, there's one on page one that you use. Search console. Screaming, oh, you got a search console. Screaming yeah. frog? Oh, wait. 
Um, yeah, no, there's a few. Yeah, yeah I mean, are we just talking SEO at the moment? Well, we'll focus or on SEO. You can talk about everything. Yeah, because I mean, my, my stories. basically, my my <laughs> feeling is that nothing's free, right? Yeah. Because oh, someone's making so their money amazing. somewhere, right? So we're talking. No, no, it's a good point. Yeah. Um, so Kiwi Planner is free to use, but you've got to spend the money on getting the AdWords campaign and that so you're working Search on. Console. Uh, um, Search Console is free is good as fun. well, and Google Analytics is great too, but a website's not free as well, and Google makes the money out of their search, so it, it's all a bit of a cycle, so you need a bit of money to be in the game, basically. But mm-hmm. Google. Google search console, which yeah. I was going to say Google Kirch console. <laughs> Google Kirch console on the, on the is amazing because if you load your so website so. up, you can see the keywords that people have searched for to get to your site and the clicks through, which yeah. is really interesting as well. It's a good, it's a good tool. I'm That's basically the keyword. Well, it's not on the keyword planner, but it's the, it's the organic flip on the, yeah, the page. Pretty much. Mm, like with Ahrefs, good. there's an awesome tool um, which is actually organic keywords. So if you sign up to Ahrefs, you can actually see the keywords that people are using to search to get to your site. And then the pages, more specifically, the specific keywords that yeah. are on those pages, the organic traffic. Obviously, the data is a little bit. Um, it's not entirely accurate, although it does a pretty good job, close yeah. enough. Um, and that that's a really nice starting point um, to kind of give you an idea of keywords that you can use because it can be, when you do keyword mm. research, people generally come to us and they want to rank for like Perth and... keywords that are really like very specific or really broad and it just doesn't work that way and when you actually start learning more Mm. it can be actually you know it can send you mad when you start realizing the endless opportunities that are available for the keywords that can make up your list and then your strategy as well like are you creating a strategy based on the buyer cycle have you done that kind of research on what the keywords what keywords yeah I'm getting there guys what keywords people are using <laughs> to eventually get to your product but what stage of the buyer cycle are they in it can yeah. get really overwhelming and so yeah I, I, I especially if I'm being presented a client in an industry that I have absolutely no idea about. Cars is a really good, I have no idea about cars. Um, so I usually start off looking at the Ahrefs organic keywords tool because it actually, it can help me, it can help set me on the right path, but it can also be a really good indicator of are those keywords the right keywords? Because we actually had a client of ours that were having a very serious problem with their um, rankings. And when I actually looked in the organic keywords, I was finding the keywords that were being um, tracked were not very good at all. They were actually completely irrelevant of the content. And then we had a really serious content issue. So that can also really help too. But anyway, yeah, the, the Google Search Console can do mm, that yeah. as well. I mean, it's not as comprehensive, but it's a really good free tool. I feel like we're coming back to your point um, from the previous question, which is, okay, just because something's free doesn't mean you're not going to know how to use it to get the effective results out of it as well. Like, yeah. Yeah. advertising free. Yeah. That's where I thought you were going yeah. with the yeah. free yeah. thing as well. Yeah. yeah. Not necessarily down AdWords and having to put budgets, but just ultimately saying anything that you pay for means that there's some kind of cost in terms of your time mm. and your, okay, your knowledge. Yeah. So it's all a trade-off. And a lot of people always say, look, I've got plenty of sweat equity. I've got no capital mm-hmm. and that's all well and good but at some point some point in time you have to consider the burnout that comes mm-hmm. with that mm-hmm. and like I said to an extent that's what this person was experiencing yesterday when I was talking to them yeah. even though they're not using like just going after free sure. stuff because they're doing everything yeah. themselves and they're not paying for someone to do it mm-hmm. then that's really that's the ultimate cost of the yeah. not only the eight hours per month that they dedicate to 
SEO or Facebook videos or anything like that, but it's a 16 or 24 hours a month that they're thinking, you know, every other minute of every other day, um, or at the end of the night, oh no, I've got this thing that I'm procrastinating, or this thing that I've got to do, all because they're not, you know, marketing is in their love, they don't, they do it because they need to get the sales. Mm. So I think, yeah, that's probably one of the real important things there too, yeah. to be mindful of. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, because my laptop by unnamed brand has died. <laughs> the battery's died. RIP. Um, I think what we can do is now, I reckon, we'll keep some of those questions for... Nintendo <laughs> system. Oh my god. Speaking of... Oh my god, I think I bashed it too far. Sorry. Um, but, I know you said Super NES, but PlayStation, Tekken, mm. tournament, mm. here. Mm. Serious business. Mm -hmm. People say that, right? They say business. Business? Yeah. <laughs> Why? They do. Um, but it's business time. <laughs> <laughs> Down business time. People. Uh, I think it's gonna have to happen like maybe like the Christmas day, like you know, the last day here before we wrap uh, yeah. up. Cool. I think we're gonna have to have a full on tournament. Sugar like panda. nanos, some pizza, what? Panda. <laughs> I'm all about panda. Because I... No, he's my number two. King's yeah, my number one. Yeah. Wait, what's the panda in two? Tekken uh, two? I'm not too sure if it was in two. Kuma, no, no Kuma, Kuma was um, a white and a brown bear in two, but panda was the alternate Kuma in three. Mm. And probably they're on. They didn't have a baby. I was really annoyed because I always had to either be Anna or Nina. Yeah. Because, like, I think there were that many. Oh, they need to have the chicken. Me too. Because she's an assassin and it's not cool to assassinate people. June, June was fresh in Tekken June, story. that's right. And then there was Shell You or something. Shell Me. Was yeah. three when they had Armour King? Armour King was in two. Was in two. What about. Is it Jin? Jin? Can never get Armour King. Jin was Kazuya's and Hi No. Go Um, Kazuya and June's son was Jin. So he was, oh. yeah, he was in Tekken three. That's right. Yeah. 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 Okay, guys. <laughs> no, that's good. We should have done that for Melbourne Cup, actually, if I realised what the day was. Oh, true. I forgot about it, to be we honest. We could have named every character one of the horses, and we could have just named yes. it. Yes. Oh. I don't remember all the names of the fighters in Tekken 2. What about, is it Hachi? Hey, Hachi was my favourite. Yeah. yeah, whatever. He was bad. He's badass. Totally, but I think that's what's going to have to happen. We're going to have to do that. High, low, low. High, low, high, low, low. Oh. And no one's allowed to play Eddie. <laughs> no one's allowed to leave? No, play Eddie. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I kind of heard what you said, but I was like, no one's allowed to leave sounds a really sinister. <laughs> really like serious. We should have no left movies leave. play Use Eddie, though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, what? You're going to play Eddie, right? Yeah, yeah, high, high, So we can just reverse it. I'll be Anna, because she... Awoke from a coma. She got woke from a coma. She got woke. And she was like, Nina, stop England. trying to kill me or something. That's a really messed up family. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, don't know. I think all the families are messed up. Yeah. <laughs> Who's um, the girl in the newest one? And not the lady, not seven and six. Who's actually the android? What? I gotta play that. I don't know. The story mode is like she wakes up and then she's got machine guns on her arms and then I think she. her head. She has machine guns on her arms. Like, does she not have hands? No, they turn into like, like a Terminatrix. Oh, from a movie that doesn't exist and was never made. That was the yeah. best part of Terminator Three. Was the driving away the the fire truck. No. Oh, no, 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 no. And she was sitting but no, the cop car. Cop car. And she was sitting behind and she's like, bam, and then like starts like steering for him and he's just like, oh my god. <laughs> I don't like Terminator. No. You haven't yeah, seen 
like that one. Which, Terminator 3. Which one? No bueno. No that was not good. Three's Terminator terrible. 3. Yeah. Terminator 4 was bad too. Was I, Sam didn't, I didn't mind that one as much. I didn't so, mind. I haven't seen the, the new one. With, really? Wasn't Cameron resetting everything? Just ignoring it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Thank God. Because the last one. Did you one... say Dracarys? Yeah, what's her name? Wasn't yeah. that from Game of Thrones? Yeah. She's in the Dracarys. Oh, oh, oh Amelia, Amelia Clark. She was Sarah Connor, which I was like. What? Because, first of all, Linda Hamilton. I know, because the other chick in Game of Thrones was Sarah Connor in the show. Did you watch the series? The Firefly lady in it. Did you watch Firefly? the series? Yeah, um, oh, yeah. yeah. I saw a bit of it, yeah. It was good. That's right, the Firefly too. Yeah, yeah. And that's how Firefly is connected to Suits. <laughs> we can do this. Because, because the, the second in command, she is um, Jessica Pearson. Oh. Only saw season one, I think. But can we just go back to Amelia Clark? Yes, Sarah yeah, sure. Connor. Because first of all, Sarah Connor to me is Sarah Connor T2 with the arms and she's mm. like totally bad. Mm-hmm. And she's like running around for half a film in a hospital gown, which is amazing, and she's just so cool. And she's but then, back. Yeah, yes, thank God. And then like Amelia Clark, who's like walking around calling Arnold like pops for like two and a half hours or whatever it was, and it was like the longest two and a half hours of my life. Why are we complaining about this? Because it doesn't exist. Because <laughs> <laughs> what? Like it's out of canon. Do you know like, what doesn't James, make sense? James Cameron's gonna make it out of canon, so what? Do that? you know what does not make? Sense. Complaining about something is that out of canon. What's his name is John Connor's father. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. like it doesn't yeah, make no, no, sense. No, that makes sense. Yeah, no, you're right, but that's fine. I don't remember his name. Now. <laughs> yeah, no, we had a big um, Michael Bean uh, <laughs> moment. Yeah, because so because he's now. the link to my other favorite franchise, which is Alien, and that uh-huh. has suffered a worse fate than Terminator, in my opinion. Because very then it's sad. come back and it's just terrible. So very, very sad. I think he got paid a lot of money for his last film, Michael even though he didn't have a lot of time. Yeah, Michael did. Because he's amazing. <laughs> because he's got a strong agent that can yeah. negotiate so that his likeness appears yeah. On, yeah. on the film. Yeah. And he some money. Seriously, what was his chips. name? No, he did because he, he was dead. He was dead. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. He wanted to. Yeah. Yeah, because he was dead in the in the opening credits, and he, he's like, well, you can pay me full price. I assume yeah. no one's listening past this point anyway, so I'm just going to keep rolling with this. But that's like Luke Skywalker, remember, at the end? What? Oh, yeah. Like, he's only there for, like, uh, no. half a minute. The longest. Yeah, and he got, like, what, but he, he was the narrator in the, in the, um, the read, the script read as well. He was the narrator. That was his role. Yeah. He's, he's so good. He's an amazing Joker. voice actor. He's so amazing. The right he's term. amazing on Twitter as well. Yeah. He is, actually. If you get a chance, you should check him out when he gives props to... The late great. I seriously have to do this. I'm sorry. Is it Carrie Fisher? Heath Ledger. Oh, Heath no. Ledger. Oh, okay. And he's just commenting about his performance of the Joker and oh. the Dark Knight Rises or Returns. It's just because the Dark he was Knight. the voice in was the, the Dark animated Dark series. Because it was Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight Rises. So that he, yeah, Heath Ledger was oh. only in the middle one. Second. Yeah, and so he was he was giving a massive shout outs to say like he, not even he in his wildest dreams could have thought to approach the Joker as a drug fiend. Right. And then, yeah, he um, he gave he, he recounted his own version of why so serious as the Joker because he plays that that character in the animated movies. Yeah. Yes. and it's just so good. That animated series awesome. was scary. Like well, yeah. I watched it when I was seven. All those movies are so good. I was yes. watching that with my daughter the first yeah. season of that, and mm-hmm. there's like twenty episodes or something like that. It's yeah, it's awesome. Dark. Mm-hmm. It's really dark. But I have to say that. Heath Ledger in that film, like how old is that film now? I don't know, six uh, or something years ago? Yeah. More, actually. So I remember more. seeing that in the movies, but, and yeah. he's just like Incredible. shumbling, he's like, it's, that's not a word, shuffling towards that. Like shuffling. 
and you're like, oh, that's messed up. And it's like, but you I'm going to make this pencil disappear. And you're just like, what? You know what my favourite part was that that was when he grabbed Maggie Gyllenhaal's character. What was her name again? Something. She replaced Tom Cruise's wife. <laughs> but he grabbed her and he was like talking about how he got the scar and he said my father grabbed me and cut me from mm-hmm. ear to ear mm-hmm. and you could because th- you don't actually I think you don't actually know why he's got that he, he asks Never it again yeah and he tells a different, different story he tells and a different like, story every time oh my god that's messed up but I have because a you feeling, thought yeah you assume it but yeah. the first time it's like oh that's a, that's a terrible story and then you realise he's just he's, he's messing with you but I feel like he we're not beeping that out no I'm going to keep that I feel like no one's even listening at this point you guys if you are but yeah. it's okay I'll beep it but um, I have a feeling that he either A did that to himself like for reals mm-hmm. or B that story was actually somewhat true that someone did it to him. But yeah. I kind of am leaning towards he did it to himself. Yeah, which is the first one mm. where he says to his wife, because she never smiled. That's she's right. Crying. Yeah. yeah. Mm, the first story. Yeah. Well, my, theory is that, <laughs> my theory is that he's just got any number of scenarios it's that so he could say. Because he's legitimately crazy. That's my, that's was, my gut I was feeling. thinking I, I need to it. rewatch these because yeah. I think this morning in some weird delirious haze, I remembered the beginning of the third movie, which... The movie was alright. Catwoman? No, when they hijacked the plane by like yeah. lassoing oh. it, cutting the wings off, swapping someone out, pumping him full of blood and dropping it. But is that the one with Anne Hathaway when she plays Catwoman? Yeah. Yeah, that was no. But anyway, gone. I don't know. I thought Halle Berry was actually really good as Catwoman on, in her own spin off movie. That was terrible. But I <laughs> thought she was good as Catwoman because she gave me that throwback to the original character, um, actress who played Catwoman in the TV show. Right. I can't remember her name, but yeah. she passed away a few years ago. Jill? You mean for the old Batman? Yeah. The, the really candy mm-hmm. version? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was so candy. With the dancing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, so good. I used to watch that as well. But I don't think that was the intention. Julie, Julie. something. <sighs> yeah, you're right, Julie. Yeah, she was fantastic because mm. she was just gorgeous and she just, her voice as well. And that Halle Berry kind of made me think of, like, she's got this very, like, seductive voice. It was very cool. One of the favourite. My favourite movies of all time, and I absolutely smashed VHS all the time, was Batman Returns. The Wait, the second one? Yeah. Not the Penguin, but the one no, no, that no. came after that. No, no, no. The, penguin. the second one is the Penguin and Catwoman. Mich- Michelle Pfeiffer Michelle Pfeiffer? Yeah, yeah. And she, yeah. she kills it. That's yes. King John, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It was his last one. Like, you don't see much of him. And it's Turtle Nick. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. <laughs> the old, the first one. Yes. It was pretty retro. I saw that again the yeah. other day. Like, that's the most. The first one doesn't have penguin in it. it no, no, it's got Joker. Jack Nicholson is Joker. Joker. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. All right. Now I'm but, thinking. Yeah, the one with penguin and yeah. Catwoman. Michelle Pfeiffer. The scene where she just flips and oh. she goes home and just and she makes mm-hmm. the suit and I mm-hmm. saw that when I was very young yeah. and it made such an impression on me mm-hmm. and it actually scared me mm-hmm. and it's still and I think now that's why I love it so much. It was amazing. Huh? It would have scared oh. a lot of people. Cause it, like when you go back to the time and you watch it now, it's like, yeah. oh, this is so tame. But yeah, that was like pushing the boundaries of what was comfortable and acceptable. Because it's Tim Burton as well, right? Penguin yes, wasn't it was tame. Tim He's terrifying still. Like, yes. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was it really, was. that was so well done. But yeah. you know what it you was? You know she's in a new movie. Oh, Michelle Pfeiffer? Yeah. But yes, going back to why it freaked me out. Mm-hmm. Because at that age... Mm. Seeing Vance, because what it was was someone actually pushed her off a thing or tried yeah. to kill her, right? Christopher Walken. 
Yes, that's right. Tried to kill her. That wasn't scary. The fact that her supposed death, or she did die, or whatever it was. But the cat's cat's eating eating her. Yeah. yeah. But it was the psychological aspect of it that freaked me out the most. That it wasn't that she came back to life. Mm. It was the fact that she just had like this freak out. And it was kind of this um, eroding of sanity to insanity, but this kind of strength. Because she, as Selena Kyle, she was really like. Me yeah, again. Was really, she mm. was like a little secretary and yeah. very nice. But then, as like Catwoman, she was just had and like her voice changed mm. and her demeanor changed, mm. and it was just like a completely. That's what actually why it scared me. Yeah. She's a pretty badass. But what movie is she now? She's gonna be on the next Ant Man movie, Ant Man and the Wasp. Oh, interesting. Because she is, she is Janet Van Dyne, the wife oh. of um, Michael Douglas's character. And so I assume there's going to be a couple flashbacks. What kind of last name is Dine? Is it like Cyberdyne? Like oh, okay. I thought it was like a Terminator reference. Van Hilder or Van... Cyberdyne. <laughs> Cyberdyne. Well, yeah. yeah. All right. Oh, gosh. So, no. Okay. All this stuff is connected. Um, it is. We, totally we forgot the Game of Thrones link to um, um, that scene from Batman um, when they cut the wings off the plane because that is Littlefinger. So we're oh, paying full circle. Back to full circle. Go, oh, right. okay. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> Sorry. Thanks so much for listening to episode yeah. 16 of the BAM Creative we'll Show. We'll time-coded so you can miss all the stuff. Um, no, this should be actually yeah. the opener. Chapter one. Um, of what we're that, actual yeah. geeks yeah. and obsessed with. Yeah. Anyway, um, please email us uh, podcast at bam.com.au because eventually we do answer your questions. So we have some more questions, but we'll get into that next episode. Or you can tweet us at BAM Creative or you can question our film knowledge. Yeah. Look us up in the yellow pages. Are we even in the Yellow Pages? <laughs> Is the Yellow Pages still around? I'm oh. sure we're at 6 one. Thanks, guys. See ya. See ya. See ya. <laughs>